What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Rad Rides Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Zollers. And let me tell you today, I have a freaking legend on the podcast, Boris Marianovsky. You might know him from Street Machinery up in Euclid, Ohio. First off, it's difficult to be a leader in indie industry, let alone an leader in an industry for 30 plus years. And Boris has been that. For him, his humble starts in a repair garage has turned into an empire that leads the way on how to properly buy, sell, and customize cars. And let me tell you, he does a lot of each of those. If you've been in the hobby for the past 30 years, you've either seen or been influenced by the projects that have come out of his street machinery shop in Euclid right next to Cleveland. Boris's humble status as a legend in the industry has been a study on how honesty and integrity mixed with some high quality parts and really great relationships produces high end vehicles that are meant to be driven and he does drive these things. And let me tell you folks, his shop was absolutely amazing. You need to get online and check him out, www.streetmachinery.com or on Instagram, at streetmachinery. As always, you can get online and check out the website, www.radridespodcast.com. I took a lot of pictures on there. We went through five or six different buildings. Each of them has a different portion of his business that he's working on, whether it be parts, customizing, or just housing and buying, selling cars. And everything in there was cool. There was nothing that was not cool, including a 700-mile PT Cruiser that we spoke about on the podcast, which was uh, actually pretty cool. Uh, you might think PT Cruiser, not really cool. This one was pretty awesome, I'm not going to lie. But I loved it. I had such a great time. Boris is such an honest, he's such a, a genuine guy. There was two, or a few guys in there from Buffalo when I showed up. They had actually driven down to get some parts from him, and they were in a great mood. Boris had time for everybody. He doesn't try to push people out as quick as possible. Uh, he just really loves the industry, and he really loves cars, and really loves talking to people. And I'm so excited that he got to talk to me. Uh, I, I was honored that he uh, took the time out of his day uh, to actually give me some time and run him through the whole business, even on a Sunday. So I thank him so much for that. So without further ado, strap in, strap it tight, get your seatbelts ready, and welcome to the podcast, Mr. Boris Marianovsky. People aren't tuning in to listen to me. Listen <laughs> to everybody else. I did one with uh, Ronnie at uh, C10 Talk. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I did I one like a couple weeks ago with Roadster Shop for their new podcast. Oh, okay, nice, nice. I didn't know. All right, so it's is it new or? Yeah, it's called uh, whiskey, Oil and Whiskey or something like that. Oh, okay, nice. nice. Yeah, it's brand new. Awesome, man. Awesome. They. Uh, I think they started about three, four weeks ago. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's a, it's a great platform. Uh, this one got up to, um, I was telling JP, this one got up to 88 last week. So it moved up pretty far. And I'm like, I'm just a guy with a couple of microphones. Yeah, you know what I, I, mean? lis I listened to about half of it. Uh -huh. And then I was saving. I'm going to be driving to Myrtle Beach this weekend. So oh, nice. Okay. So I've listened to about half the ones. The Roadster Shops had three so far that they posted. And uh, I've listened to each one of those about halfway. Yeah. Oh, so well. I fell asleep last night listening to one guy from, uh, he used to work for Good Guys. Now he works for uh, Barrett Jackson. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I was listening to his last night, but I fell asleep with my earbuds yeah, in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, man, it's okay. It's okay. So, well, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, I'm up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Actually, this is Euclid, I would imagine. Yeah, right? Euclid, suburb of Cleveland. Yep. Yes, yes, at Street Machinery. Pretty legendary around uh, around this area, probably around uh, the United States. Uh, huh, at I this don't know point. about all that. Oh, come on. I think people I think people see your stuff all the time. Like, like I said, uh, if you've ever trolled around uh, probably eBay or Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, I'm sure they have, people have seen your cars and seen your work from over here. Because uh, that's a big part of your business. Yeah, eBay was big for us back in the early 2000s. That's kind of how, before social media, that's right. That's how people got to know you. So yeah. in between customer cars, I'd always take a, an old Bel Air or Biscayne and lower it down, put some wheels on it, and put it on eBay. It kind of became mainstream. Everybody started sure, doing it. Sure, everybody started doing it, yeah. But uh, it was a good living for us. I mean, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't bill enough hours on a customer's car, if you were honest, and what you can make by just buying a clean right. cane and throwing some air ride on it, some wheels and, and stuff. and Getting it out the door. Huh? It, it gave me a head start for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, we are up here at, at your uh, facility. You said we, we kind of walked around beforehand, and let me tell you, this place is incredible. Like, 
Uh, and I, we're back in the new area that you're putting together right now. Um, I think you said you own six buildings at this point. Correct? Right now, we, we own five buildings and we rent five. Our body shop is in a rented building for the last um, 19 years, but we'll, uh, we'll be moving out of there this summer. Nice. And uh, we're back in the new section right now, and it like, has a really old school, like 50s, 60s, 70s feel back in here. Um, you have, you've got a little engine room over there. You have a, a chassis fab area that's right in front of me, and then all your overflow from the cars in the back. And everything is old in here, except for this uh, PT Cruiser, which we're gonna get to, <laughs> which is an awesome uh, card here. It's so out of place, but you got a 70 Chevelle here, you got uh, Biscaynes, you got Impalas, you got a little bit of everything uh, sitting around. Um, but tell everybody kind of how you got started, um, you know, uh, all that good stuff, you know, okay. why, why you wanted to do this. So, you know, we had talked a little bit beforehand. Yeah, I just always loved cars uh, my friends in high school their older brothers always had muscle cars chevelles and skylarks and uh, gtos so that turned me on to you know the muscle cars when i was younger and then uh, as i got older and well i became a mechanic right out of high school for a few years and opened my shop and i got into the older cars back in the late 90s i got into the 50s bought a 55 chevy then i saw a 62 bel air bubble top at a super chevy show i said oh man i had to have one of those <laughs> and that was kind of the beginning of a love affair uh with the older cars move away from the muscle cars and now i'm kind of back into the muscle cars i'm digging them again okay uh, but uh my true love really is the the late 50s early 60s cars i just think the styling and the big bodies on those cars were amazing so that, that really is my, my 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 not my first love but my passion now it is now yeah yeah and you have uh you have plenty of them here and I, i'm the same as you i i love those bigger cars and the older i get the more i want them i think we <laughs> talked to, to jp in the last uh, episode i was like i'm more looking at like four doors now which is weird oh, because yeah. now i can throw my little daughter in there and i can throw yeah. jen in there and everybody can go riding down the street and we're comfortable no, you nothing know? wrong with the four door because <laughs> i mean i have a you know have a chevelle you know what you have one right here and to try to load everybody into that thing and go from point a to point b is uh is quite a nightmare you know yeah, my nova is the same way so uh, it's it's uh, to the point now where I'm like the old man that wants to ride around in the four door and <laughs> just wrong have it for that. comfort. Just have it for comfort. So yeah, we've built some really cool four doors. Uh, there's nothing wrong with those. You know, we started with station wagons, and when they became hard to find, we did a couple of four doors, and now it's it's normal normal place anymore to see sure. a really badass. And a lot of four doors actually survived. You know, older people would buy them and. So uh, back in the day, they would call them parts cars, but any, <laughs> anymore, you find a clean one. Yeah. The value is not that, mar that far off a two-door. Right, you know, yeah. There, people will argue with me, but I know firsthand you can get almost as much for a four-door as you can an equivalent two-door in certain, okay. certain models. That's good to know. Yep. That's very good to know. Well, well tell, us, tell me a little bit about um, the operation you have going in here. Like I said, you have all of these cars and parts and paint shop and this and that so we basically have this has evolved into i started out as just a mechanical shop after seven years of working on regular cars and you know everybody needed their stuff at the end of the day because they had to go to work I, it just i got burned out on it and i figured if i was going to stay working on cars it was going to be something that i was going to going to enjoy so i got away from the regular cars and just started doing um, older cars, hot rods. Uh, I lowered car, even when I was working on regular cars, it wasn't uncommon for somebody to come by and have me do like a drop on their 88 to 98 truck. And, sure. um, so that kind of stuff kind of got worked in with the regular repairs, but I just wanted to get away from the water pumps and timing belts and tune-ups <laughs> and I just, just, it was, it was not satisfying and, uh, just not what I wanted to always do. Mm -hmm. Um, so back in the late 90s, I started doing, I met Brett from Ride Tech and uh, I did my first air ride like in 96 and I started having people ask me to do it for them. And right around 2000, it really blew up where that I was getting a lot of air ride work. Right. And the air ride work led to the all the other stuff. Hey, while it's there, can you put air conditioning in? Can you mm -hmm. change my steering column? Can you... You know, and, and then the LS engines blew up in early 2000s. I did my first one in back in 2000. I bought a rec 
2000 Camaro SS with like 4,000 miles mm -hmm. now. Pull the motor out and that was, uh, that was my first dive into. I'd already done plenty of tune port swaps and fuel injection, but I, uh, that was my first LS and we've done hundreds ever since. It's a huge part of our business. But the business has evolved from not just working on cars, but to doing body and paint um, and selling all the same components that we use on these cars to other people that work on their own and other shops. Um, we became dealers for all the major manufacturers, got a close relationship with Billet Specialties and um, Willwood, Bear Brakes, Dakota Digital, all those guys. So a lot of shops that aren't trying to buy 100 dashes mm -hmm. or 50 sets of brakes <laughs> or you know 10 chassis at a time, they'll call us mm -hmm. um, because we stock it. If we don't stock it, we can get it for them. And they trust us that their money's not going to go missing and their parts are going to go right. you know, gone. So the parts business has actually, in the last several years, I've had to pull one of my mechanics that has been with me for a long time. is incredible as far as working on cars, but he was more valuable to me uh, answering the phone and taking orders and stuff. So basically it's me and him on the phone all day talking to customers and supplying the parts to the, to the guy at home or the shop that, that's building cars. And then of course selling cars. I, I you know, about <laughs> 13, 14 years ago, I got a dealer's license and start, started selling a couple cars here and there. Now we're, you know, we're moving 150 cars or more a year. Wow. And they're all classics. We really don't, uh, really do too much with late model stuff unless it's a, some kind of special interest vehicle. Or a sweet PT Cruiser. Or like a PT Cruiser with <laughs> 700 original miles on it. Like everybody asks, what is that doing here? I go, it won't last long, believe me. Once, once, it's, once it hits online, first person that's gotta have a PT Cruiser is gonna buy one with 700 that's miles. <laughs> sure enough, it, it lasted less than 24 oh, hours. Oh, so it's already sold. It's All right. sold yeah, sold. I saw you post it up, so it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's sold. sold yesterday, it's going to Virginia. Oh, nice, yeah. nice, uh, that's great. Yep. And then you have a full fab shop as well, so you're doing, I saw a bunch of restorations yep. back there and some upgrades and some yep. customer cars yep. as well. I've so. got some really skilled guys. We do everything from chassis work, uh, uh, we've got one kid that's just amazing with uh, building stainless exhaust wow. that makes it work. It looks like artwork. Wow. And um, So how many guys do you have working here at, at any, any point in time? I have three guys. Um, I have three guys in the body shop, and I have um, four um, mechanic okay. uh, fab guys. And then I have me and Tony that spend all day on the phone. Uh, we help out in the shop when we can, but mm -hmm. it's, it's like we need more help on the phone even than in the shop. Right, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've got a good crew. I, I'd probably double my crew and we'd still be behind because sure. there's so much work to do, but um, we've yeah. got a pretty good dynamic going right now. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna ask. You know, we were talking and you were, you know, we were walking through and you said the, you know, the parts business has gone in kind of cycles and the car business is in cycles. What kind of cycle are we in kind of right now? Are oh, a lot of guys wanting stuff or is it? Yeah, it's incredible. It? Uh, it's, you know, with, with the problem getting parts, that, that's a little bit of a setback, but our phone does not stop all day long. Really? We've done more business in 20 to, between 19 and now, 2019 and now than we have in any of the previous years. Really? It's well, why why do you think that is? Man, I, I, I can't, it's gotta have something to do with COVID. I mean, that's the, only <laughs> thing I, that, that's the only thing I can come up with. I don't know, maybe people are, I know my outlook on life has changed. I, I, co, I got COVID, got hit pretty bad. I was out for a month. Uh, a year later, I'm still having issues from it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I think you're like, you know, life's short, man. Let's. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want a hot rod, so let's build a hot rod, or I want to buy a hot rod, and nobody, they just, like, what, what good is money if you don't get to spend it, if all right. you do is work and die, like my father-in-law right. says, work and die, work and die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, uh, you know, my uncle, uh, he really got me into to old, old school cars, you know, and I, when I first bought my Chevelle, it was my very first car, I was like 24, I could barely afford it. 
And, uh, you know, he came over and he's like, yeah, you know, you want to upgrade this and upgrade that. I said, man, that, that sounds expensive. He's like, it's just money. You can't take it with you when you die. That's man. right. You know, he's like, you're going to have more, more fun in that thing. <laughs> you yep. know? can always make more. That's exactly right. That's what he said. He said they always make more as well. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know if it's a surge in, uh, you know, obviously Motor Trend has come on, you know, television, it's in mainstream television. I don't, I don't know if there's more car shows, you know, like Jay Leno's Garage and things like that where guys are wanting to do it. Or if it's people just getting to the point where they're about to retire and they want a car, you know, I guess, you know, some of the boomer, you know, boomer age is getting to that point where they have some additional uh, capital to spend. Yeah. And, well, it's, the demographic is all over. I mean, I have plenty of young guys. Uh, every shop I know every single shop i know that does nice work is backed up years really okay. it, every shop i mean i'm friends with a lot of guys that run their own shop and it, i don't know anybody i've i've reached out to some guys to take some of our overload work mm -hmm. and i i mean no nobody can do it really i hate to pay, i hate to send people away yeah but i have no choice i i can't do it and i can't find anybody else to do it sure sure so are you finding it hard to find guys who want to come into this industry and, and work and do this stuff? Yeah, it's pretty hard. I Is mean, it? I've got, I'm, I'm almost scared to bring in any more people. I've got, like I said, I've got a good dynamic and I have just enough room for the group of guys that we have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess if I found a right fit, I would, I would maybe bring on some more. But so, at some place, at some point, you have to stop getting bigger. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, we've, we've grown so much from when I used to work by myself to now having all these employees, all these buildings. Uh, I still enjoy it. It sucks I don't get to spend the time in the shop. You know, I got mm -hmm. into this business originally because I wanted to work on cars. I right. figured if I had a shop working on other people's cars, I would have a spot to work on my own car. Well, that's <laughs> the last thing I get to do is work on my own car. And for my stuff to get done, I have to bring it in during business hours almost and have my yeah. guys, because there is no extra time. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I put a Saturday aside that I can get some work done, and it ends up being show and tell. People just keep show, showing, showing up. Showing up, yeah. Next thing you know, it's 5 o'clock and time to go home, and, and I got nothing done on my car. So What's funny is, so my buddy Mo, he, uh, he does a lot of work down there in Houston, has his own shop and everything, and he says the same thing. You know, he's, he has a, a 71 Chevelle that he's been working on swapping for LS swap for I don't know years now but he doesn't have time to work on his own car oh yeah every time I stop in over there he's always working on someone else I said when are you gonna get that one in the corner done he's like I ain't got any time for it man he's like I don't even want to look at a car when I leave this place you yeah. know and he's contemplating you know possibly you know getting out of it because he you know he's he wants to enjoy his car you know yeah. and, you know he sees everybody else enjoying his work <laughs> yeah they get to drive it around you know yeah. and he doesn't get to drive his own stuff Yep. You know, so, um, but no, I mean, we walk through all this. I mean, you have quite the inventory of cars and parts and everything like that. And you said the parts in the parts industry, you know, for you is, is booming right now. It's, it's booming. It's huge. taken, um, it's taking almost all of my time. Um, luckily I, like I said, I have great help to, to help run the shop itself. Uh, I've even got my mechanics talking to the customers because I'm so busy mm -hmm. handling the parts end of it. Uh, we get deliveries every single day and you know, we don't buy one or two. We order, if we, if we order spindles, we're ordering 50 sets of spindles. Wow. If, we, if we order airbags, we're ordering 100 mm -hmm. airbags at a time. If we're ordering compressors, we're, we're getting 100 cases or 200 cases, literally pallets of wheels. Anything that comes in is, it's by the pallet. You know, we just bought a, uh, 40, I'm sorry, 20 LSA engines. <laughs> they, we, and they're, they they're, they're going to go in something. They're all gone in 30 days. We, really? sold, we sold 20 LSA engines in 30 days. That's wow. How, that's how quick stuff goes. I mean, there's just, it's unreal. Uh, I, I had uh, LS3 crate engines have been on back order for months. My supplier got three in a few weeks ago. I sold all I, or I'm sorry, he, had, he got six in on a Friday. They called us Friday afternoon, so they had six come, come in if we were interested. And I said, I'll take all six. 45 minutes later, I had all six sold. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And it's not just going in customer cars. It, it's, they're just getting not, shipped. You're basically the third party and shipping it Not out. one went into a customer. Every single LS swap that we have planned right now, 
um, or LT or whatever, the engines are already here. If you look against our wall over mm -hmm. there, every yep. engine has got a tag and who it belongs to. And those are all scheduled for carts that we are doing, but we sell more parts to the end user and other shops than we could ever install ourselves. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. What, what's the, uh, you know, obviously LSs are going in pretty much everything, but what's the hot car right now? What is everybody wanting to build? What's... I mean, we're still building C10 trucks like crazy. Yep. We got a bunch of those, four or five lined up for full builds. Um, we just finished the 62 uh, Bel Air. We've got a couple of, uh, I think, 59s we're working on right now. We have an Apache that we're building. Um, so it's, it's the normal stuff, man, mm -hmm. the trucks. Trucks are hot right now. Yeah, the trucks are incredible. And I'm not even taking any work. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna probably run another six months on what we have here before I take in any more work. Of okay. course, I'm never going to turn down the quick stop, drop, and roll. You know, the guy that already just has a nice car mm -hmm. and just wants the suspension and brakes and wheels done. Yeah. I'm never going to turn that down. I'm going to tell him, bring that tomorrow, <laughs> and I'll get started on it we'll as quick as I can. Yeah. I wouldn't make a guy like that wait two years. But, you know, if a guy wants... You know, chassis pulled out and powder coated, and engine compartment detailed, and firewall smooth, and yeah. that yeah, that that's the two-year wait guy for sure. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy right now. I'm, you know, just I've been talking with some guys to uh, just get an alignment, get a clutch, you know, swapped out, you know, quick stuff that I don't have time for at my house because I'm doing other restorations, and they're the same way. It's like, hey man, you're gonna have to wait a couple months. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll take your time. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, you know, it's a waiting game now. You know, it is. Gonna, you have to get to it. So, um, well, what are you really into? Like, what kind of cars are you into? You said you, you, you own over 100 <laughs> earlier. Well, the shop owns over 100. The shop 100, owns yeah. 100, yes. Yeah, yeah. What uh, are you really into? What, uh, what is I your... love the 62 Bel Air bubble tops. I've got yeah. 10 of those. Um, I love C10 trucks. I've got three or four of those. Okay. 59 El Camino. Uh, I've got a few Trans Am. I, I have my high school 79 Trans Am. Wow. I've got a... It's, it's the one that you've had since high school? Well, oh, I okay. sold it. In, it's the one. Oh, I it's the one. Okay. I, sold it in, I sold it in 1993, and the, the gentleman I sold it to was nice enough to uh, keep it 27 years, and I got it back <laughs> in even better shape than when I sold it to him. Wow, huh? So it's only been, uh, since, ni since 1988, there's only been t two owners, and that's been me and him. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, he had it for, I, I sold it to him in 93. I bought it in 88, sold it in 93, Bought it back in 2000. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, my registration from 1993 was still in a glove box when no I got way, it back huh? in 2020. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it only has a thousand miles more than when I sold it to him in 93. Geez. So he, yeah. he just didn't drive it at all. He put a thousand miles on That's it. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Well, what do, you think, what do you think makes your shop so successful and why people want to come here and, and get work done by you? And oh, I mean, I just tell everybody, I mean, you know, there's a, a lot of guys that are doing in this business that has really no business to be in this business. I mean, at least, <laughs> yeah. at least not charging customers. Sure. Right. We've seen it all, and I'm not trying to badmouth other shops. I mean, there's yep. so many awesome shops out there right now. Like I said, I even reached out to some of my friends to take some of our overflow mm -hmm. work because I trust them to do it. Um, but there's also so many hacks. And I think, um, you know, our proven record, I mean, we've been mm -hmm. in business for 30 years. Yeah, man. 30 years, you said. Yeah. You don't get this far from screwing people over. Right. I try to do what's right, uh, almost to a fault. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, uh, you know, I've had people come down and put a deposit on a car and string me along for a year. You know, and a year later, they come up with some excuse. They can't buy the car that I've held for a friggin' year. Yeah, and sure. I, and, I, and I'll either, you know, let them roll that money into something else or mm -hmm. whatever, change their mind, whatever. Or other places that say, hey, go get left, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I try to be, you know, see, see other people's point of view. You know, stuff comes up in life and uh, things don't go the way you want it to. I try not to screw people over. So... That we do really good work, yeah. man. you know, we're fair with people. A lot of guys that ask, what's this cost, what's that cost? You know, I can't pinpoint not every job is exactly the same. One LS swap on one Chevelle does not mean the next Chevelle is going to be the same price. Mm -hmm. So I let people know that, listen, this is what it could be, and uh, I'm just going to be fair with you, but it's going to be a time and materials. If I have to buy $5,000 worth of parts, that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be 
$4,000 worth of parts mm -hmm. and if I bought $5,000 worth of parts. Right. And if it takes me 100 hours to do the job, I'm not gonna bill you for 120. I'm also not gonna bill you for 80. You're mm -hmm. gonna get billed for what it took. It's the only fair way to do this yeah. type of work. And if guys can just give you a price uh, off the top of their head for that kind of work, somebody's gonna get screwed. Yeah, More than sure. likely, it's gonna be the customer. Mm -hmm. Either they're not gonna do what they should do or they're, you know, you're, they're just going to charge you more after yeah. the fact, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're going to see. Well, I think a lot, of, a lot of enthusiasts, a lot of people who are, I think, probably not in it, who just, you know, want to come, get, get a car worked on and go drive it and have fun with it, is you, you, there's that uh, disconnect between uh, this is a hobby and this is a business. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, we, we love cars, right? But at the end of the day, you run a business. Right. Right. And you're not in here working for free and you're not paying your guys in car parts and, you know, exactly. beer. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, that's what guys will say. Oh, I did my, I did my LS swap and it actually paid me because I bought a Rec Tahoe and I used the motor and I sold this and I sold that. I said, do you think I'm going to be pulling the motor out of a Rec Tahoe and then selling parts off of it to save you some money? And then do you spend $30,000 a year for garage keepers insurance? Hey, do you pay, you know, thousands of dollars a week in all kinds of taxes, right. payroll taxes, property taxes, income Insurance, tax. all that, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry that I can't do it and pay you back. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> but uh, they think they're going to come over here and have a beer with you and uh, wrench on the car. Exactly. Or the other, you know, but. So we are blessed to have an unlimited amount of work. Mm -hmm. We can, we can make fun. We have customers just waiting uh, for us to call them and tell them to bring their cars bring down. Car, yeah. So luckily when we get somebody that, you know, needs a price to the, to the last penny, we just rather not do it because right. somebody's going to leave unhappy. Yeah. You know? So that's what you turn down. You turn some, down someone who's, you know, going to be, you know, nitpicking at every little thing here and there. I just can't call you every five minutes because I'm going to need another fitting that costs $14 or mm. we're going to upgrade the fuel pump because I didn't realize that, you know, your fuel tank is this or that. Right. I just, I can't do it, man. Yeah, I, I just can't do it. You know, my, my customers are the biggest sweethearts. If, if we ordered a $500 fuel pump for their car and then as we're doing the job, we realize we need a $1,000 fuel pump, it's, we we can explain it to them, yeah. but they're not going to say, "Oh no, we, you know, you told me 500." Right. So yeah. <laughs> we just don't have that. That's yeah. the beauty of being in business this long and having, you know, basically being friends with your customers. Mm -hmm. uh, most of our customers have became became friends. I mean, a lot of my customers, I go out of town to car shows. Uh, you know, I've stayed at a lot of my customers' houses that are out of town. It, sure. You know, it's not the other way around. The friends don't become customers. It's the customers become the yeah. friends. Well, you, you have such a good name. You know, like I was talking with JP and talking to Chris Driscoll and, and Nick and everybody down there in, in Pittsburgh, and they all said the same thing. You're a great guy. And even when I walked in here, you had a couple guys from Buffalo who were who were stopping by to get parts and everything like that. And they were just they were just happy to be down here hanging out with you. It wasn't like, oh, I had to drive down in the snowstorm and get all this, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, you've created a place where I think people want to come and, you know, enjoy talking to you and, and uh, you know, having parts is kind of a perk, you know, with it, right? You have, you have them all sitting here. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I talked to JP, you know, he kind of said the same thing, you know, he's like, I'm not, I don't take, uh, I don't take every project that comes in, you know, it's got to, you got to match the customer and Absolutely. everything like that. And, uh, other guys I've talked to who have done paint and body, they all say the same thing. Yeah. You know? uh, Nobody wants to work for somebody that's not appreciative or they're just going to, you know, give you a hard time every step of the way. I'm, I mean, I've, over the years, I've fired one or two customers, but very rarely do I, you know, uh, like I said, every one of our customers has become a friend sure. and so easy to deal with. Mm -hmm. I, I really, we don't have anybody to go, oh man, this guy called, I don't want to call him back. I mean, all our right. customers are, like I said, every single one of them, I don't have one that I don't enjoy working for. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're not some Joe Schmo doing oil changes, you know, either. You know what I mean? So there's, you know, you're, there, people who are shelling out that kind of money are putting that trust in you. You know what I mean? So that's, that, that's huge for you. It's got to make you feel good, you know, yeah. people are continue to come to you all day. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, so. I mean, I wish, I wish that the work, you could snap your fingers and the work would get done. <laughs> but uh, most of my customers understand that, you know, this stuff takes time. And, oh, yeah. 
I never, I, I always tell people we are not the fastest shop in the country. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, you mean you're not, you're not building these in a week or two and, yeah. you know, <laughs> getting ready for SEMA? And... That, especially now with the, you know, sometimes we're putting cars on hold for months at a time. And we were in the middle of LT force swap on a car and just couldn't get all the parts. We took it as far as we can. Mm -hmm. We can't just let it sit and take up base space. Right. So we put it in our storage building and we get moving on to something else until the parts show up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, people understand, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm fighting that with my Chevelle is finding an interior. Interiors right now are like backed up like oh, crazy. Oh, crazy. So we waiting on several. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's one of those deals. So did you ever imagine this would become as big as it is right here? Yeah. Was this, yeah? I mean, that's what I wanted. You did know? you? Okay. All yeah. right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, you know, started with a, a tiny little shop for $375 a month. And like I said, I wanted, I wanted a shop, so I had a place to work on my own car at mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it took off and it just kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I feel like if the right people were handling the administrative duties, uh -huh. this place could, could grow even more. But I'm at the point now where I, it's, I can't do any more yeah. than I do already. You're, you're so I'm not out. really looking to grow anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if we had the right the right group of people to grow this place mm -hmm. uh, it would grow even more yeah yeah well there's something to say about keeping it small and yeah. kind of a family deal right you sometimes when you get so big you lose that kind of aspect yeah. of it and uh, and it's it's about to the point right now where you know i like to have input in almost everything and it's at that point right now where i can still do that mm -hmm. anymore and i might you know, like anybody comes in like, well, how do you know who owns this engine? And how do you know? I just know. I mean, <laughs> most you're of them have, You're entailed every day as you're right, in here. You right. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, we sometimes forget, you know, it's like we put tags on everything. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I know every part, what car it came off of or what part, what car it's going on and where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very well organized, you know, like, like especially back here with all your racks and everything like that. I, I I can't imagine trying to keep everything, you know, parts and everything together. I mean, I'd have trouble in my own garage with two different builds going on. And, you know, they're both GM builds. So it's like, oh, is this the Nova or is this the Chevelle? Yeah. I was like, oh, it could be either, you know. Yeah. So. And it is tough, but we try, we try to tag every part as soon as it comes in. And inevitably, uh, we end up needing a part that we ordered for this car for another car because that's what we're working on and that part didn't come in. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll have to leave little notes like, hey, we took the part from this kit, so we need to replace it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we sure. don't put that note in it. Oh, you'll never remember. Well, when it's time to work on that car, we're gonna say, hey, what happened to that control arm or mm -hmm. what happened to that relay or whatever, yeah, so. For sure, for sure, sure. So, well, tell me a little bit about, uh, so you got this chassis over here. We were talking, you're a big, you know, Roadster shop. Yeah, uh, so chassis. I've got a pretty long relationship with Roadster yep. shop. We sell a lot of their frames to end users and other shops, and we use them here as well, so. Um, we decided to take some of the most popular ones that we sell a lot of and just keep them in stock. Mm -hmm. um, so like what do we have sitting here right now? Right now we have a couple of um, 67 through 72 C10 coilover chassis. We have uh, 73 to uh, 80 C10 airbag chassis. Uh, this is uh, another 67 through 72 that we've okay. taken apart, powder-coated everything, put together, coil over. These two are original chassis that we've just restored for guys that uh, you don't want to go through all the work of installing an aftermarket chassis. Mm -hmm. These are leftovers from ones from trucks that we've built with new chassis. These are the originals, and we've sandblasted them, powder-coated them, installed all new suspension and brakes, rebuilt the rear ends. Uh, and then we offer it to the guy that, you know, wants a new chassis, but doesn't mm -hmm. want an aftermarket, just wants a factory one, but wants right. it upgraded where it's lowered, has four wheel disc, has a posi traction, has the wheels and tires that are made to fit that, that truck that are gonna fit without rubbing. So we'll sell them. This one here is actually sold with the wheels on it. Okay. And uh, the one behind it is a chassis that's come out of a 55 Chevy that was replaced with a Roadster shop. So we'll restore that one um, with the disc brakes and all the tubular suspension, and then that'll be available for, yeah. for And the you're next doing guy. all the powder coating here? Or no, we, we use a local company okay. for powder coating. Yep, they're, yeah, they're quick and sure. they do a nice job. Sure, sure. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I think when we walk, first walked in, that's what you said. Everybody wants to powder coat it and ships right to them, so they can just drop a body onto yep. it. You know. Yep. You know. So, but so this is going to be the the chassis area right this here. This is all chassis assembly. Okay. We built a bunch of these carts now. Uh, we just got to put yep. wheels yeah, on another them. One, that one right yeah. Here. And so we'll have workstations. And hopefully, you have at least one or two guys in here to just build, and not build, but assemble chassis all mm -hmm. day. Yeah. Nice. And then moving back here, we had a couple of cars. Uh, the PT Cruiser's here. PT Cruiser, <laughs> that was my buddy turned me on to it. He, yeah, tell everybody about this PT Cruiser because I did see this on your site and we, we've kind of talked about it a little bit here. <laughs> uh, so my longtime friend, Dusty Cromer in Lebanon, um, uh, Missouri, he's a car dealer, wholesaler. And he said, hey, you, are you interested in a PT Cruiser with seven, <laughs> 700 miles? And I said, no. <laughs> And then he's the more he tells me about it, I'm like, oh, dude, I got to have that thing. Yeah, that's right. So he said, well, come pick it up. So I had it picked up uh, Thursday, and we brought it back here and cleaned up. And we threw it on, uh, on Facebook Marketplace yesterday, and it sold last night. That's crazy. It's got to be the lowest mile PT Cruiser in yeah, the world, Yeah, 703 right? miles. It belonged to an audio shop. It was their display vehicle. So it's full of TVs and speakers. It's All got, that good stuff. Got a big jukebox in it and stuff. Right. And it's got period correct wheels on it. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like new inside now. I know. Really I'm is. looking at it. It is. It's a, it's a brand new car. I'm, you know, so I got a lot of slack from people. You know, there's a lot of guys that think they know it all. You know, yeah, sure. and, and I definitely don't know it all, but I know that there's no 700 mile PT cruisers. <laughs> and I know there's somebody out there oh, guarantee it. That, uh, that has way more money than me that might be fond of a PT cruiser and that's right and, and that's exactly what happened yeah that's that's so crazy I can't believe someone bought it that quick yeah you know and then back here you have some in is this going to be the engine room or that's a this? that's going to be the engine room okay. we'll have a bunch of different engines already detailed with pulley kits on it and, and do you all do uh, the engine building here and everything uh you know we we do but okay. we don't really build engines very often unless they're okay. oddballs you know right. Cadillacs Pontiacs Oldsmobiles mm -hmm. Chevy engines, it just doesn't pay to really build them. Okay. So, um, yeah, most what people you just, can buy crate engines for. Yeah, most people just want the crate engine, huh? So, um, we've got, uh, we'll have maybe a dozen engines already detailed and a lot of crate engines that aren't detailed and let the customer decide what he wants. And we can sell them a rolling chassis with the engine, the transmission, the brakes, the fuel tank, run the brake lines, run the fuel lines, mm -hmm. basically ready for them to set their body on. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And then back here you have some overflow as well, some yeah, additional cars. Yeah, this is this is overflow. Some of these cars are sold and just ready to get picked up. Um, this is our our parts department, our shipping department, and then more shelving for engines and right. transmissions. And I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take pictures of all of this. So I, I mean everybody's listening right now. So but obviously I'll take a bunch of pictures so people can see. Yeah. But it does. It feels like an old like you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, you know, shop where you could have, you know, uh, could have put these cars together, you know what I mean? Like an assembly line almost with the cranes and everything overhead, you know, you got parts everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. Y'all have done a spectacular job here. Yeah, it's, it's moved along real quick. We, we bought the building in uh, beginning of November and we've been working on it nonstop with the help of a lot of friends, uh, you know, did a lot of, uh, a lot of, swapping of favors with friends to help paint and um, I had an old uh, a guy that had done some of the floor work in our other buildings I hadn't talked to for a few years called him up asked him if he was still doing epoxy floors which he was <laughs> and he was uh, he didn't make me wait at all he came really? in right away did the floors so everything's moved really really good I've got a lot of friends coming at their, in their spare time and helping with carpentry work and stuff like that. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you're, you know, you're kind of the guy of the community, right? I mean, yeah. I guess everybody kind of knows you around here. I've been, you know, I'm, Euclid. Yeah, I've been in, you know, been doing cars my entire life. You yeah. know, I started off at a, at a gas station pumping gas and then they started letting me work on cars and uh, years later, the gas station is no longer there, but sure. years later. Making sure we weren't too far. Yeah, <laughs> years later, um, you know, people were still coming to that gas station looking for me to <laughs> oh, work really, on their huh? car. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I played uh, college football with a guy from Euclid. That was, uh, that's where he was from here. So, okay. Uh, when I came up here, I was like, man, I've always been so close, but I've never been over here. I've been to Cleveland quite a bit, but yeah. never in this area. Yeah, it's the next, uh, Cleveland is uh, one city to the east. 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you, so you've got everything kind of set up now. I mean, is this kind of your final resting area right here, or do you want to grow this thing, continue to grow it? Or? Uh, I want to grow the chassis business, okay. yeah. We've yeah. got about, uh, I think, 20, chat, 20 frames on order right now with Roadster oh, wow. Shop. And we have uh, seven that we're building right now, along with several stock frames. And uh, I want to be able to all offer basically all the parts in a package. So a guy, okay. yeah. save the time of assembly, know that it's assembled properly, know mm -hmm. that it's good parts were used. And, uh, you know, building turnkey cars uh, is just, it's, it's very time consuming. Yep. The last 10% of the build takes probably 50% of the sure. time. And uh, I'd rather do the parts that we know and can knock out in a decent amount of time so we can give somebody a good value. And then they could do all the tedious wiring and, mm -hmm. and assembly of the body and glass and trim, paint and that sort of stuff. Not that we're not doing that. We're still, we, like I said, we, we've got plenty of work to keep us busy for the next several years. but. Uh, this kind of stuff we can get out the door much quicker. For sure. And I mean, the aftermarket has made it so easy for these modular things just to be dropped oh, absolutely. in. You absolutely. Know, I mean, you just got to know what to buy. And you can't right. just buy, some guys think that if they just buy the most expensive part, everything works together. But <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Sometimes you don't need the most expensive part. Sometimes you just need the right part. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, so what, how has the aftermarket kind of changed for y'all to make these you know, quicker projects and, you know, things you can get in and out. Whereas, you know, probably 20 years ago, it was some pretty tedious wiring, I would imagine, and trying to make sure things fit together. And yeah, well, <clears throat> uh, of course, you know, all the, Holly's been incredible with our, their uh, engine management stuff with their Terminator and their Dominators and stuff. We, we've been using that exclusively now for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. We haven't we haven't used a factory computer. I think we're doing an LT4 right now with a factory computer, but we haven't used a factory computer on our swaps in a couple of years. Okay, nice. And then same with the chassis. We haven't really been using any uh, clips or anything like that. We've been buying complete chassis for the last four or five years. It's not so much that there's anything wrong with those clips. We still sell a lot of them, mm -hmm. but we're always looking to save time. Yep. And if you... If you just roll the money that you would spend on labor to install a front clip, a rear clip, and roll it into the cost of a chassis, it ends up almost being the same price. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's different if you're doing it at home. That's why I say we still sell uh, a lot of aftermarket front rear suspensions. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to do it in-house, I really prefer to do a full chassis. Really? And just, yeah, and just swap the body up underneath yep. it and keep it moving. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's just incredible what the aftermarket has come up with now. I mean, it's, I mean, you could, not that you would want to build a car in a month, but, you know, you could uh, almost sit down and build a car in a month. We've, and, we've, you know. we've built, we've built, uh, uh, we have a car over here that we built for Power Tour 2019. We built it in 60 days. Wow. And a ground up build, that's everything. Pulled the body off, uh, powder coated the frame, uh, coil over suspension, you sure. know, nine inch Ford, wired it, plumbed it, turboed, everything, yep. all in 60 days. And that, I wouldn't do that for a customer. Right. Uh, I just wouldn't fly through there. There's too many chances of something going wrong, but it, we only had 60 days to build it. We were sure. taking it on power <laughs> tour. And it wasn't completely finished. There was no headliner and there was some other things, oh, no yeah. radio. and. Uh, no heater, but you know we we did the power tour, and uh, I mean I think we put nine thousand miles on it that summer with not as much as one single hiccup. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, how important you know for guys who are trying to build at their shop, how important is the relationship building you know in the industry? Oh, that's huge, man. It's huge. I mean, I got lucky and met the right guys early on, and I just rode their coattails as long as I could, you know. <laughs> they said, I met Brett at, on a, on a hot, at, from Ride Tech on Hot Rod Power Tour, I think 1996 or 1997, and it was really my first, first time I had even seen an airbag-equipped car, and mm -hmm. I thought it was this the coolest thing ever. I went home and did my truck right away, and uh, I mean, it was a turning point, really. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, air suspension now is... It, awesome yeah. it is really good you we're know, talking 25 years ago so i feel being in the forefront 
uh, learning it early on and getting involved. If it wasn't for that, I, I don't know if I'd be in the same position I'm in really? right okay. now. It was huge for our business. It's still huge for our business. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it accounts for probably at least a quarter or a third of the work in our shop Yeah, all the time. Really? Just air management systems and uh, air management, the, the airbags, the, all the, you know, just yeah, basically thing, yeah. whether it's selling the kits or installing them or whatever, it's huge business. I mean, you know, over the years, I've been known as a station wagon guy, the bubble top guy, <laughs> the X frame guy, the patina guy, but everybody's always known me as the airbag guy. Really? Know? That's good. That's good. Yeah, the, uh, the air ride is just, it's made it infinitely just, everything's adjustable. It, I mean, those guys uh, over there, they're doing, um, they're doing, uh, what are those, just racing cars and with yeah. air ride suspensions now, yeah. you know? Some of those, uh, some of those crossover cars. I mean, it's, it's incredible what the guys are doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure those guys are, you know, in debt to you as well, you know, because I'm sure you've been pushing their product for, for Oh, years and, and I still am. We yeah. sell a lot of ride tech components. I mean, uh, and our, our relationship with, you know, Brett no longer owns it, but uh, even all the employees that work there, I mean, I've become friends with all the salesmen sure. that, I, that have been, you know, I've always had my own personal salesman over the years. <laughs> and once they either moved on in the company or went somewhere else, they always put me with another salesman. Yeah. yeah. And the relationship, like, it's easy. I'll, I'll text and I'll, I'll text the guy an $8,000 order, you know. Oh, really? Our, 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 our ordering is so unorthodox, you know, it's literally a text. Hey, drop ship this kit to this guy in a text message for, you know, an eight or $10,000 order or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, some companies are like, you know, my boss would kill me if he knew I took orders like yeah, this. Yeah, sure. You know? <laughs> That's funny. You know, you, you would think of, uh, you know, everything's got to be uh, professional, this and that. You know, even in oil and gas, it's the same way. Guys would hit me up at, you know, midnight or whatever. Hey, I need this, this, and this right now. And it's literally a text and it's, hey, man, get that stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 jobs that yeah. are just yeah. need to be done. You know what I mean? Technology that's, has come so far. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, it, it's not just ride tech. It's, it's everybody else. I mean, I, I uh, it, it irks me sometimes with some of these companies that I deal with that, you know, I order from all the time. They're like, well, who are you with again? I'm like, come on, dude. I'm like probably in the top 10 customers of yours. That, yeah, you sure. Know. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Ride Tech, Roadster Shop, uh, Billet Specialties. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, we just there's never a problem. Sure. Is there is there one specific car that you think you could you know tie you know the just the takeoff of the whole entire you know street machinery brand and everything like that, or is it just just builds and being here I mean, and being you know, what you're we, doing? Now? We started building patina cars back in the early 2000s, and uh, you know I had a '58 Chevy that. Um, you know, we did full ground up resto with a powder coated frame and red oxide floors and everything. Mm -hmm. And I showed up a good guys with that car. People were going nuts. And so I think some of the early patina trucks and cars that we built that were really detailed, you know, they look like crap on the outside, but <laughs> yeah. underneath the hood oh, they're and the undercarriages and all the plumbing and wiring. I mean, that's kind of our, our thing is to have the, the assembly work being like right on mm -hmm. so i don't know there's any specific cars but there's there's a handful that people recognize as being street machinery builds okay yeah yeah i think jp he had brought his uh, his apache up here and yeah. i think y'all matched all the patina yeah. on that to yeah. like a t yeah jerome killed it on that one you unbelievable yeah unreal uh and he had nothing but, but good things to say and i mean even you know from somebody who's you know seen a lot of cars even i looked at it and it was like man that's yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty good work. There. Yeah, he's incredible, man. He's uh, meeting him uh, about 15 years ago. Walked in my shop and <laughs> he asked if we did if we did custom paint. I said, "What do you need painted?" He goes, "No, no, no. I, I do custom paint in case <laughs> in case you need something." <laughs> he was looking for a job. That's so <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Do you have any you have any of your work with you?" So he says, "Yeah, I got some." So he showed me his work and. He, he did, it looked really nice, and uh, we were in the middle of restoring a blazer, and a guy wanted some ghost flames on it. So I said, well, here, you know, a guy just walked in here. He looked like he did really nice work. I go, give him a call and line it up, and uh, I'll get, I'll, before we put the clear down, I'll, I'll get it over to him, let him do whatever you, want, you guys come up with. He calls him back a few minutes later, and he goes, you got anybody else? I go, why? He couldn't do it? 
No, he said, why would he waste his time putting ghost flames on if you can't even see them? <laughs> so I called That's him good. up. I'm like, dude, you come in here looking for work, and then I send you work, and then you're telling the guy you don't want to do it. He goes, why would I want to do something that you can't even see? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he so went to he ended up stuff. doing some other flames on it, and the guy loved it. It all worked out, and uh, that's it. We've been friends ever since, and we've been working together ever since. And when I uh, did, a, did, a, did my truck, my uh, 66, we replaced the rockers and uh, the doors, the bottoms of the doors and stuff, and it had all beautiful patina, you know, and he came in and started doing it, and I'm watching him, and I'm watching him. I'm like, man, don't look right. Don't look right. He's like, I'm not done yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when he was finished, man, it was so legit. It looked good, huh? It was yeah. legit. You couldn't tell. We put rockers tell, yeah. and doors. Yeah, it was, uh, to this day, it, it, you know, it, it looks right. So Have, have, uh, have any of the uh, television shows come knocking to you and asking if they could do uh, like a reality deal here since you've moved so much stuff? Uh, yeah, well, over the years we've had a few. You can't tell who's, who's scammers and yeah, who's not or whatever, <laughs> but I don't have time to get involved. Right. It's just I know too many people that uh, have done stuff like that, and it's, it's not what they wanted. Right, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not looking for a pay cut either, you know. Right, like, yeah, that's exactly right. They don't well, want, they, they don't, it's not all big money or anything like that. Right. And we're doing okay, so yeah, yeah, we, before, don't, we well, don't need all that. Before I got into oil and gas, I, I worked as a media manager, and getting to shoot commercials and see behind the scenes and then going to meet with some of these large, uh, large agencies and networks, uh, you find out real quick that like everything's scripted on those. <laughs> it's not reality, yeah. you know? And I, I got to tell my wife, she likes to watch that uh, Bachelor and Bachelorette. I'm like, this is the most scripted television you're ever going to yeah. see right here, yeah. you know? And, Drama TV. And it is, it's hard, <clears throat> it's hard to watch some of those shows, you know, and say, oh yeah, we're going to turn this car around in a week, week and a half. And it's, you know, I'm like, okay, well, who's ordered these parts six months ahead yeah. of time and has them all sit there ready to go for you guys, you know, and everything. And quite honestly, we're not that interesting, man. We come in and and we just work. I mean, we, yeah. we're shipping parts all day. We're taking orders. The guys are working on the cars. You know, we're running cars back and forth between the body shop and over here, or sure. running one over to wheel alignment, or, you know, delivering something that we sold. Yeah. So it's... But you have the characters that come through here, because I've seen on your Instagram, you've, yeah. you've interviewed a couple guys yeah. here over the past few months, and you got quite the, quite the crew that comes through here, huh? Yeah, there's, it's... We do have fun, and we do we do know quite a few characters, but uh, you know that doesn't pay the bills. We just right. do that more for fun. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I but understand. I will say that we, you know, so social media definitely helped for us to grow as far as the parts and uh, the work as well. I mean, like I said, I don't think we'd ever would have ran out of work anyways. But mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the work that we've done over the years, a lot of the cars that we've built. Uh, we've met the people over social media. Really? Oh, nice. yeah. So I'm sure that y'all have done business international. Have you shipped oh, cars? Oh, abso yeah, absolutely, yeah. We, we built a 61 bubble top from a guy from, for a guy from Germany. Wow. I've got, uh, I got one customer out of um, the UK that I've done a lot of work for. Um, actually, my very first patina car that we did, you know, like a highly detailed car, I sold it to a gentleman from the UK, uh, sold it to him on a handshake he didn't even get my info gave me a bunch of money to hold the car really said he was going back over back to europe and that uh, he would get me paid in full once he returned we ended up becoming great friends he bought numerous cars from me he ended up opening up a shop building cars in the uk i would ship parts over there then he moved to mansfield texas Oh, okay. Uh, and then opened a we, shop there. We have a shop in Mansfield, Texas. Yeah, yeah super nice know. guy. Unfortunately, he, he recently, in the last few months, has had passed away. Oh, no. Sorry uh, but, uh, yeah, but really, really nice guy yeah, that I did a lot of work with. And so we've built cars for guys from Australia. So, yeah, there's... Australia it's, it's international. Australia's crazy with the cars over there, Yeah, they right? sure are. That's a different kind of world. Yeah. I didn't understand like how big it was until uh, I started this podcast. And it hit, it, this podcast gets a lot of hits in Australia. And so I started looking into their kind of car culture. And, man, those guys don't care over yeah. there. I mean, they're yeah. wild. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of talented shops in Australia, too. Yes. I, uh, I just recently bought a car for a guy, helped facilitate a sale for a guy from Australia. Bill especially has put us together, and he, he does incredible work to build some beautiful, really? beautiful cars. 
Yeah, they uh, they drive them over there too, man. They don't. They're not scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, well, uh, what, did you want? Do you want to expand anything else in here? I mean, is this, you know, you got uh, you, ever, you thought about doing any kind of storage or anything like that? No, we don't have we we barely have enough room to keep our own sure. cars. We like I said, we've got 65 customer cars here right now. We have about 100 car inventory for stuff for sale or future projects. We keep a couple buildings full of cars that, um, to build for people that you know don't want to go out and find their own project. Yeah, whether sure. they, they buy it and have us build it, or you know if they're the end user, uh, we keep those offsite in another building, two other buildings, and uh, you know that, that's really about it. I mean, it's, like <laughs> I said, it's not that interesting. It, to the, maybe to the guy look from the outside looking in, but to me, it's just. Well, you've become numb to it. You're yeah. in here every day. You every know? every uh, day, and it's just working. You know, for someone like me who, uh, you know, I have, you know, quite a few classic cars I get to look at, but I don't get to see an operation this yeah. large, you know. I mean, it's just, like I said, you get you get used to it because, you know, you're there from when it was nothing to, to where it's at, and you just, like seeing a puppy, I got a one-year-old dog, a little over a year old, and I look at his pictures from six months ago, and he was tiny. <laughs> sure. He's like a big dog now. So you don't, it doesn't, he doesn't look any different because you're just seeing so the day-to-day day day change yes. but um you know i mean i'm proud where we i'm proud of where we're at you know yeah yeah i understand well uh tell everybody uh where they can find you boris and we have a website it's not the greatest we built it ourselves and we're not website hey there's nothing builders. wrong i built my own myself too there's nothing wrong yeah with but that, we're, you know? we're just we're just mechanics man <laughs> uh it's uh streetmachinery.com and uh years ago we started a swap group where you could put cars for sale on uh, Facebook. It's called the uh, Street Machinery Sunday Swaparama. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, I don't know, maybe 120,000 members. And there's uh, a lot of nice cars that come up there's there. There's people, I run into people at events throughout the summer that come up to me and goes, hey, hey, I just want to thank you. I sold my car in there. I want to buy you dinner. This yeah. thing, so you don't owe me nothing. You know? <laughs> so like, yeah, if it wasn't for your site, man, I would have never sold my car. So I try to I try to make sure that we have you know good buyers and good sellers on there. Sure. And, sure. And uh, I bought a, quite a few cars on there. I've sold quite a few. And uh, where else? You can find us on Instagram, mm -hmm. streetmachinery.com, and uh, take everything on there with a grain of salt because <laughs> I am a, I am a part-time comedian. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of people have approached me and they said, and they've said, uh, they've said. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that uh, you're such an approachable guy. You kind of seem like a dick on the internet. <laughs> really, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've had guys tell me that. Really? And I go, you know, I'm just playing. I'm just trying to be funny. Right, I'm not, yeah. Like, really trying to get a rise out of somebody. <laughs> well, if you've never worked in a shop or anything like that, I guess you wouldn't get understand that humor, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, I work in oil and gas, and the humor out on location or in our shop is crude, uh, to say the, yeah. that's nicely. That's the nice way of putting it, you know? Uh, I uh, I was just in uh, Mansfield this summer visiting a friend of mine, and he took me to a friend of his who's got a motorcycle dealership, and he was kind enough to open it up at night so we could look at some cars and stuff. And he goes, you know, Boris, I, I you you're you're definitely different in person than the persona that I expected from, like just seeing your stuff online. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully people listen to this and they listen to the Roadster Shop podcast and some other ones and, you know, they find out, uh, you know, you're just in there. Yeah, just, I'm just trying to be funny. You're trying to be time. funny, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sorry if you took it the wrong way, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think people do. If they do, then they're, you know, yeah, they're, I'm they're not soft. I'm not so. worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th I, I don't think that uh, your, your jokes are going to ruin any... Uh, <laughs> Any of your brand that you have built over here, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think you've built it up quite a bit, so. Uh, but it's awesome. But th thanks for having me out here. Yeah, I this was like it. a last minute deal. I mean, I, yeah. I expected you to be like, ah, you know, a couple of weeks come over, but you're like, yeah, come on up. So yeah, I'm, I'm here all the time, man. I, I only live like 10 minutes from here, and them guys called uh, yesterday and they said, you're gonna be around. We wanna pick up a lowering kit. I said, yeah. I said, you wanna pick up some seats for a friend of mine in Buffalo and bring them to my shop. <laughs> so they, that was great for them to do that. So with the car, the car industry and the, you know, the guys who are really into it are, are like that. You oh know man, I mean? I'll tell you, I'm the nicest people in the world. Anything oh, yeah. I've ever needed, man, anything I can ask, 
I could be in a, we got a flat tire heading to the uh, street machine, at, or no, we were going to Street Rod Nationals in Louisville, Kentucky, me and Jerome. And Jerome, one of his tires, he had a blowout on the freeway in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. We got off the exit and went in a gas station. It's like seven o'clock, asked a couple places, is there any place to sell tires around here? I'm like, ah, it's Friday, or it's Thursday night, seven o'clock, gonna be tight. I just went on Facebook. I said, anybody got a spare tire? <laughs> right here. Within yeah. 15 minutes, a guy had showed up with a trailer. We loaded up Jerome's car. He took it back to his house, put Jeez. it on a lift, got him a tire. We just wow. jumped in my car, and we continued on to and we just we just came back and got his after the show. That's incredible. But, I mean, the, the car people are the best people in the world. They are, man. absolutely, absolutely. I know that's, that has been the, the, I guess, most fruitful part of doing this whole podcast. You know, I, I don't do it for money or anything like that. I just enjoy, you know, talking to people and, and, like, being able to go to car shows and see people that you know and like and see their builds. But, yeah, I, I've run into so many just great people who, yeah. are, you know, they will do anything for you, you know, give the shirt off, off their back for you, yeah. you know, to, to help you out in yeah. the end. And, you know, I think there, there's there's a lot of that in here, and there's a few bad eggs that kind of ruin that. Yeah, there but are. There's there way are. more good people than there Ab are bad people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? so, absolutely. But thank you so much, man. I really appreciate hey, it. Thanks for thank, having me out here. No problem. Thank this you, was sir. awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, I hope you had as much fun as I did during that podcast. Boris is such a great guy. I hope he came across as uh, the genuine guy that he, he really, truly is. Uh, get online. Go check him out, www.streetmachinery.com or on Instagram, at Street Machinery. Uh, you can also get online on the podcast website, www.radridespodcast.com. If you have any questions or want to check out uh, more content there, I took a lot of pictures and I did a full write-up on there as well. So you can see uh, exactly what I was looking at and what we were going through when we were on the podcast. Again, thank, uh, thank you to Boris so much. If you're ever in that Cleveland area over there, I highly recommend going in there. I highly recommend not bringing your checkbook because you will want to buy something similar to what uh, I wanted to do on the way out. But uh, he has some awesome stuff in there. He always has time for all his customers and all his friends and uh, all the people who, uh, who follow him every day. So get on there. Go check him out. Go support him, please. Go support everybody that's been on the podcast. Uh, I thank everybody for coming on here. We're going to have some great content here coming up, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.